So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Julie, this is the one we've been waiting for. You know that, right? I The second I turned it on, I was like, I forgot how fucking incredible this one was. No, you guys, this is no joke. We're at season two, episode seven. This is the iconic, don't be fucking rude, Kim's Bentley episode. As I said last week, next week, we're going to do the Colorado Breckenridge trip. And then we're moving directly into the remainder of season 18. So this is a stacked three weeks. And quite frankly, I could not be happier to be here. I got to tell you. I am so happy with the way the season played out that we get to end on Colorado. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, there are some times when you think of something, whatever, it doesn't have to be a Kardashian episode, but any sort of television. And in your mind, you view it as when you were a kid, you loved it so much. And then you go back and you watch it and you realize that, you know, it was totally overrated. That is not the case here. Rewatching this 13 years later, I am equally as shook now as I was then, if not more. It was better than I remember. Yeah, much better than I remember because it was more realistic. Yeah, and I forgot that Chris getting the tattoo was the same episode because those are two like very iconic things that happened in the exact same episode, which I always forget about. And not to mention, which of course we're going to go scene by scene like always and recap every second of it because there's so much to talk about, but I totally forgot that the end of this episode leads us into the Colorado trip. Like they end the episode at LAX. Of course, of course, the two-parter. yeah. There's a lot here. Should we just get started? Yes, please. Okay. And I also want to mention you guys on Friday. So tomorrow is Isabel and I's first Bravo episode coming out. So really, really excited for that one. I'm so okay. excited. I know. I'm excited too. I just wanted to make sure everybody, in case you didn't catch that from last, from Monday's episode, that's happening. Okay. Let's fucking do it. You ready? So ready. Okay. So we start out the first scene, Kim is driving and Chloe, Scott and Courtney are in the back seat. She's driving the Range Rover. She gets a call from Reggie and she's telling him and effectively telling us that she's on her way to pick up her Bentley. And in her confessional, she says, so my Bentley is finally ready. It's taken forever to get the rims hooked up and to do everything. I worked very hard for this car. Since I've been 12 years old, it's been my dream to get a Bentley and I've given it all my all to make this dream come true. And they're asking her what she did, how she customized it. She did black on black, red stitching, red bees, which by the way, there's no way now she would ever have Bentley in red on the outside, but we'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) And in this one five minute car ride, she says the word Bentley a million times. And so Chloe and Courtney in the backseat are just making so much fun of her. I will say Scott wasn't really contributing. No, Scott, Scott was at the point in the family where he 
<laughs> where he was close enough to be there, but not quite close enough to join in on making fun of Kim yet. We're also coming off of a couple of episodes ago when he's accused of cheating on Courtney. So I think he's still on thin ice. He's definitely walking on eggshells in a way. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in the back of your mind because that is really where this episode centers around. There were some little tiny details going throughout the episode with Caitlin that we took out because they just weren't necessary. But the second scene does center around Caitlin and we included it not because it really adds so much substance, but just because I think anytime we see Caitlin interacting with her kids from her previous marriage, it's always interesting. So she's with Bert and Brandon, which we really never see Bert. I have to tell you. No, we don't. And we never see his daughter either. No, we don't. So Caitlin is saying that Brandon at the time is really around the age that Caitlin was at when she won the games. And I think what was happening with this episode or the point of this scene was really to say that Caitlin was having a moment where she was reminiscing on what her life was like in her 20s when she was on top of the world, having just won the games. And she had all these toys. She's outlining the motorcycles and the planes and all the different things that she had. And she's saying, and now I married Chris and now I'm head of the carpool line and kind of like, I want my, my boys to enjoy what they have now because it can change very quickly. It was kind of the theme, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. She says, I had it all. And then I met Chris and picked up 10 kids. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty much all you're going to see from Caitlin during this episode, because to dilute the cinematic genius that is Kim and Chloe fighting would just be almost sacrilegious, I would say. I agree. If yeah. you had a pull ball that like said your catchphrase when you pulled the string, it would literally say cinematic genius just over and over again. And it would only be in regards to reality television. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> just reality television and like one or two music videos. Yeah, I've never called something that's actually cinematic genius, cinematic genius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Big Little Lies, good show. <laughs> we could watch Shawshank and you'd be like, yeah, it was really good. And then we watch Kardashian once and you're like, oh my God, cinematic genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like too hot to handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Guys, I just can't. I'm going to really try to contain my excitement. So we're at the car dealership and there's this very dramatic editing that takes place where Kim is doing a solo walk from her car to the pickup area of the dealership. And in the background is the song Live in the Dream by Robbie Neville playing in the background. <laughs> Julie, I, I don't know about you. I held up my Shazam to the computer just to make sure that what I was hearing was what I thought I was hearing. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it on the Snapchat Shazam because I like that better. By the way, we've never spoken about it. Snapchat making that partnership was a genius business move on their part. It was brilliant. And I use it so often. I use Snapchat for Shazam quite possibly more than I use Snapchat for anything else. I know that's not the case for you, but I do use it often. No, but I just think in general, sorry, 10 second tangent, but I think people will agree. And it's actually not that off brand considering Kylie kind of single-handedly caused the demise of Snapchat. Um, I think that Snapchat can be used for so many things that aren't just for sending and receiving, meaning you can do those collages. You can do a lot of stuff there. or Maybe you just want the certain text that isn't as user-friendly sometime on Instagram. So I totally get what you're saying for using it as not necessarily the form of communication, but just more so like aesthetics. Right. Like yeah. I think that it is, if you're taking a picture, it's funny because it was kind of a combination of Kylie and Instagram stories that really caused the demise of Snapchat. 
But if I'm taking a selfie that I'm putting on an Instagram story, I'll obviously take it in Snapchat and then put it on Instagram. Right. Exactly. Perfectly said. Okay. So she's walking out to get her car and all of a sudden the music abruptly stops in this very kind of dramatic pause. She says in her confessional, my car is not ready. And you would think, I mean, the world stopped, right? Right. Like you would think that there were no more Bentleys left in the world with how right. dramatic the pause was. Right. So the the car was at this place, Luxury Rides, which is, it was in North Hollywood. It's, I think at the time where a lot of people, Kim Kardashian level fame would go to get their cars wrapped or customized, et cetera. It's kind of like back in the day with Pimp My Ride, West Coast Customs. That's what you can think of this place as if you didn't watch <laughs> the episode. Similar vibe, right? Yeah, somewhere a little more high end, but yeah. Julie, first of all, <laughs> Exhibit knew what the fuck he was doing, let me tell you. I never said Exhibit didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I never <laughs> said that, never suggested it. All I'm saying is that I think this place was a little less about, a little more about the actual car and a little less about like putting a barbecue in the back of the trunk. Yes. Okay, fair. <laughs> So Chris, who's the owner, comes out and he's saying, listen, it's going to be no longer than 10 minutes, no longer than 10 minutes. And in her confessional, Chloe says, the guy keeps telling us it'll be 15 minutes, 15 minutes. He comes out, it'll be 15 more minutes. And Kim says in her confessional, it's taking forever to get my car. And as we're waiting, I hear Courtney and Chloe screaming. I don't know what they're doing. This is my business deal. So it cuts to, you can't really hear, but you see Kim on the on one side of the parking lot and Chloe and Courtney basically fighting with this guy, Chris, the owner. And Scott's kind of just standing to the side, not really getting involved. None of us know what's going on. And then in her confessional, Chloe outlines for us what was happening in the fight. And she was saying that she said to this guy, you know, you're wasting everyone's time and money by having us sit here. Don't bullshit us. Tell us what's going on. And the guy said back to her, baby, talk about wasting money. I put 35000 into this car for free. So in the middle of all the commotion, Chloe says to Kim, I don't give a fuck how much your car costs. It's not about me. And he agreed to do something so we shouldn't be throwing it in your face. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. And Courtney's kind of watching while this is happening. And in her confessional, she says, so Chloe starts giving him an attitude. The guy yells at Chloe and Kim doesn't defend her. So that really, that one instance is kind of what starts the entire fight that ensues over this episode. But like, just keep in mind the base of what was going on here was the fact that Chloe felt disrespected by this guy and she didn't feel like Kim was coming to her defense. Fair as so far? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So Kim's standing there and you can tell she is visibly uncomfortable and she says, it's rude and it's making me look bad. So stop. And in her confessional, she says, Chloe and Courtney are so rude to Chris, the guy who owns the dealership. I'm just so appalled that they're speaking to me like this and to the car guy like this. And Kim says to her, get in the car and stop being rude and a brat. It's not funny. Chloe says, I will never look at you the same. You're my sister. And Courtney says to Kim, you're so gross. All you care about is money. And Kim said, all I care about is money. He has my fucking $220,000 car. Chloe says, who cares? You're such a fucking kiss ass. So Kim now takes her bags out of the Range Rover. For some reason, she had a like rolling Louis Vuitton luggage with her, which was never really explained, but fine. And she basically says, fuck you. I'm not going with you guys. You guys leave. Keep in mind, this is, you know, they're screaming at each other in this parking lot. And it's not like there was a lot of things going on. It was, they were making a scene, like, right? Oh yeah. Big scene. Yeah. There's, there's no one else though in the parking lot, except for them and the people that work obviously at the dealership, but they're screaming across the parking lot. Like Chloe's sitting in the car and Kim is over by the door and they're screaming across from each other. 
Yeah, I cannot wait to analyze this. I just want to finish the scene and then we'll discuss. So Kim says, if you're going to act like this, like this little immature bitch, then leave. Chloe says, ooh, we don't care. Bye. Kim says, okay, then stop acting so immature. Then leave. This isn't your place. Chloe said, I would if I could, sweetheart. I have no reason to see you get a Bentley. Now now I know about my sister. Kim goes, you're so jealous. You were just so jealous that you could not get a Bentley and you're trying to ruin my moment for me. Chloe's like, are you joking? And Kim goes, get away, you jealous psycho bitch. And now Scott, Chloe, and Courtney are in the car about to leave. And Courtney says, I don't want to be here anymore. Let's go. So they pull away. They leave Kim at the dealership standing there straight out of a fucking movie with her Louis Vuitton rolling luggage and her jeans with her over the knee patent leather boots. And in her confessional, she says, they think it's funny. They think it's a joke and it's not. So she calls Chris and she goes, mom, can I talk to you? I hate my sisters. They're so rude. You have no idea how much they humiliated me tonight. I never want to look at their ugly faces again. Okay, let's pause and digest what just happened before we get to Rob's apartment. Okay. You go first. Um, well, before we even start, I just want to ask you a question. In this circumstance alone, who did you think was right? Kim. I thought so too. A thousand million times over and I will stand by that decision. It, even, but even of the point in the fact that she didn't defend Chloe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I do too. You, you explain your reasoning first and then I'll respond. Well, okay. I think there's two things. I think, first of all, Chloe was just rude in general. Like, I understand it's very frustrating that they were standing there waiting and they weren't getting any information. But I think that Chloe just approached it so wrong. And I think the thing with Kim is that Kim really sees the whole chessboard in a situation where it's like, okay, I have two issues going on right now. Like I can see the outcome of both of these things if I act a certain way. Whereas with Chloe, she can only see what's in front of her and what she's angry about in that moment. And Kim knows like, okay, Chloe will forgive me. Down the line, no matter what, Chloe will forgive me. If I fuck up this relationship with this guy, even if I don't feel like I'm defending Chloe, like this is going to be bad in the long run. This is somebody who's doing me a favor. This is somebody who I'm working with for business. I can't screw up this relationship, especially because Chloe was the one that was rude to him in the first place. If this guy was unnecessarily rude to Chloe and started it and was just being mean to her, then I can understand Chloe being like, he was so rude to me. You didn't defend me. I did nothing. I can totally understand that. But Chloe starting it and being rude instead of approaching it a different way leaves her in the position of being wrong and leaves Kim to not have to defend her in that moment, I don't think. I so agree with you beyond so. And also just to add to your point, it would be totally different if the guy started insulting Chloe, if he was saying a mean thing about her, if he was coming at her for her looks or for something personal or attacking her. He was responding, like you said, to her attack on his business. So I'm not saying that she was wrong for disagreeing with the way that he was handling it. Yeah, when you say something's going to be ready, something should be ready. But at, things happen. Things aren't always as they should be. It's not like the guy wasn't going to give Kim her car, first of all. Second of all, the only reason Chloe was even allowed to have skin in the game in terms of have any sort of stance on the argument, in my opinion, was because she was being inconvenienced by having to wait there. Because realistically, she's not the one getting the car. So Kim is the, if anyone was to be mad, Kim is the one that would be mad. Chloe only had a little bit of kind of a light to stand on because she was having to wait. But to me, I felt like, I don't know. You really, you can look at this a lot of different angles and I'm sure not everybody would agree, but I think when you can look at it from a bird's eye view, like you said, 
take away how superficial this is, it was a really big deal for Kim. She had worked really hard. This is a $220,000 car. Even, you know, this is, that's not like that's just a lot of money because it was 2008. 2020, a $220,000 car is a lot of money. And I felt like Chloe was really hijacking Kim's moment over something that was so not a big deal. Like, Chloe, you can, you can handle yourself. This guy being a little bit rude to you is not something that's going to affect you in the long term. Okay. Just get over it. You know what I mean? Like, this is Kim's moment. And I just felt like it was so uh, selfish. Is that weird? No, I, I think what happens is that uh, like people may think that Chloe was okay in this moment because Kim is getting something that is a relatively shallow thing to be getting. Like, and not that getting a car that's your dream car since you're a little is shallow. It's just like, if you're choosing a car over family, then that, if you sum it up to that, then it seems like Kim's being ridiculous. But like, this was Kim's first measurable moment of success was her buying her dream car since she was 12. And Chloe making it about her and making it about the inconvenience totally took away from that moment. And I think it's fair for Kim to have be upset about that. Like this was Kim's big moment. She brought them because she wanted them to experience that with her. And also if Chloe was so upset about being inconvenienced, Chloe could have said like, Kim, is there any chance you feel okay staying here alone or staying with one of us while we go to Rob's because Rob's waiting for us to have dinner? Like it could have just been handled so differently and Chloe didn't even give it the chance for it to be. And it ruined the whole moment. So I don't think that Kim's wrong. And I can understand why Chloe would be upset about not being defended because Chloe's looking at it as like, okay, you're choosing a car over family, which from that point of view, yeah, I can understand that. But it was so much deeper and so much more important than that, especially to Kim, who this is such a big moment for her, that Chloe was really the one I think that was missing the bigger picture. I so strongly agree with you. And I also want to say, if you're listening to this and you didn't watch the episode, it's 22 minutes. Even if you don't want to watch the whole thing and you just want to watch the beginning, watch it because I really think that your memory, because I I mean, I can speak for myself and I think, Julie, you would feel the same way. It's different what you remember than when you actually are watching it now. And I think more, you would agree more now having watched it versus when you're remembering it, you think that Kim was being totally psycho. And now that you're watching it back, you're like, wait a second, she actually was kind of in the right. So I would highly recommend just watching the first 10 minutes so that you can have a better understanding as to what we're saying. Don't you feel like that's a kind of a good like disclaimer? Yes, I think that's a great disclaimer. Although I will say that if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're not, but if you're somebody who doesn't like the Kardashians and you watch that scene, you probably view it very differently than you and I are right now. You probably view it as Kim being incredibly shallow and upset about something that doesn't matter over family. Yeah, but I have, sorry, I know it's like one scene and we could go on this for 30 minutes, but I have a lot to say and I think it's important. Like the the issue here that is we haven't discussed yet is the fact that you cannot view this with the lens that we have now, meaning what the Kardashians are now, right? So at the time, this is a huge deal for Kim. This isn't like buying a Bentley, something she can do on a random Wednesday and then Thursday decide she wants an Aston Martin. It doesn't work like that. This was a big deal. This was a big purchase. And also- her reputation wasn't established. And something that Kim has spoken about so uh, you know, openly over the years is what she learned from Paris Hilton about being nice to everyone that she comes in contact with, business or fan. And I think aside from anything else, aside from the fact that she felt like her moment was being taken away, da da da, I think she felt like here's a guy that was most likely recommended to her by other high-end friends. And my sister, because she can't put her pride aside for 10 seconds, is making me look bad from a business perspective. And she's like, I think she was like, 
mortified that her family was even making this scene at this established business that most likely all of the other celebrities at the time were getting their cars from. Don't you like kind of feel that way? I do feel that way. And what it comes down to also is that in terms of fame, Kim and Chloe are also at very different levels. This fight wouldn't have happened today because Chloe would be at the place and is at the place where she could understand the importance of that relationship and the importance of a business relationship where at this point, Chloe's still just along for the ride. So Chloe is, you know, front seat, first, you know, like first person view to what's going on and what's going on to Kim's life. And I don't think that it's jealousy. I don't think Kim was right when she said she was jealous, but I do think that these things hold very different meanings to Kim than they do to Chloe. And I think Chloe just wasn't in a position where she would be able to understand that yet. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly how I felt. Also, by the way, like I'm all for, you know, well, anybody respecting anybody, but specifically like men speaking down to women is something that I really have a problem with. This was, what was going on here? Yeah. Did he call, did this guy call Chloe baby and and give her shit about the price? Yes, but they were fighting with each other. It wasn't like this guy was being like demeaning and, de- and, and demoralizing and saying such nasty, disgusting things. Like I said earlier, they were in a fight about the business. So it wasn't even, I don't even think that argument is valid of like, this man was coming at me and you didn't defend me as my sister. Like they were having a little bit of a disagreement over business. It's, it's just not that deep. Exactly. I don't think I realized how long I've been wanting to talk about this. Like, I feel like this was just 12 years. What was this episode? 2008, 12 years of pent up like analysis. It was. Well, especially because I think I view it so differently now than I did then, which is also funny. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So next scene, Chloe and Courtney and Scott get to Rob's apartment. He lived in this just random apartment building in LA. And Chloe's telling him that they just got into the biggest fight with Kim. And so what's happening here is it's basically kind of like a split screen. They're going back and forth. And Kim is arriving to Rob's apartment complex in her new Bentley because moral stories, she ended up waiting by herself and got it. And in her confessional, Kim says, even though there's been so much fighting, so much arguing at this point, I don't care whose fault it is. I need to make it right. So there's this very dramatic parallel happening between Kim walking down the hallway to get into Rob's apartment and then Courtney, Chloe, and Scott already there sitting at the kitchen table with Rob, filling him in on what happened. So they're basically shit-talking her while she's about to walk through the door any second. And as a viewer, you're like getting anxious. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. It's building. It's building. Yeah, it's building. So Chloe's saying to Rob, you know, Kim doesn't say anything. People control her because she's a fucking weak duck. Courtney and I are strong queens and we don't deal with the fucking princess. And Rob's has no idea. He didn't understand what just happened. He's just hearing this for the first time. I didn't, you didn't see the footage of them actually like bolting into his apartment, but I, the way I envisioned it was them like knocking the door down and being like, Rob, get a load of this bitch. That's kind of what I envisioned. Exactly that. Yes. Yes. So Kim is walking up there and she's standing at the outside of the door, listening to them talking shit. So she knocks. And when she goes to open the door, Chloe is sitting down. She's the closest one to the door and she kind of pushes it back against her. Doesn't slam it, but kind of pushes it just for her not to be able to get in. And this is when Kim takes her bag and fucking whacks Chloe and says the line that will never be forgotten. Don't be fucking rude. I have chills. 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 All over. Yeah. So, you know, I have to tell you what you were saying last week about how we never knew of Kim to be to be violent. And in the most recent episode of Kardashians, when she beats the shit out of Courtney, et cetera, or the most recent season, when she beats the shit out of Courtney, et cetera, we, I forgot how intense this was. I mean, listen, personally, as the middle child of three girls, Kim being the middle child in this situation, I can totally understand like Kim's knee-jerk reaction to to get physical in the moment. It's just more surprising in, for them because it's not what they do. And that's why it was so crazy because we had never seen that before. If there were other episodes where you'd seen them like hit each other or slap each other, it wouldn't have been so crazy. But it, this was like, it's kind of like they had two physical fights and they were 12 years apart. And that's why these fights get so crazy with them because they are always harsh with their words and they'll always say things that kind of cross the line that you would not say if it wasn't your sister. But physically, they don't often do that. And that's why this was so shocking. It wasn't like she hit her so hard. It wasn't like she punched her with full force or hit her in the face. It was just shocking to see. You could tell how much anger she had in that moment. And the only thing she could rationalize in her head to do was to let it out in that way. Yes. Well said. And also I just want to go on record and say 0% part of me thinks that any of this episode was staged. Like I think every single thing that happened here, even when we get to Kim and the Chris in the tattoo parlor was real. Yeah. It was all so, I mean, for me, it was all so like typical and classic. Yeah. In terms of sibling relationships. Yeah. So Kim's in her confessional and she says, I open the door and Chloe slams the door right in my face. By the way, in case you didn't watch it, I definitely wouldn't say Chloe slammed the door in her face, but fine. And she goes, <laughs> it, she goes, it infuriates me. Like I literally want to kill her. I'm so angry. So she's now in Rob's apartment, which by the way, this is 12 years ago. This is a small apartment and like they're getting, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, someone's got to leave. There's too many people here and they're screaming at her to get out. So she goes to hide in Rob's bedroom and she's like, no, you're talking shit about me already. You tried to slam the door in my face. And Rob is like, I think Rob is like, what is going on here? Like, how did this escalate so quickly? Because again, he wasn't at the dealership. So his first introduction to this fight is in his small little apartment. And I don't think he realizes what had just occurred. Rob is also so cute because he gets so upset about them fighting. And it's so adorable. It is. And so in his confessional, he says, I've never really seen my sisters fight like this. Chloe and Courtney are saying nasty names about Kim. And Kim walks out of Rob's bedroom. Chloe and Courtney are screaming at her to leave. 
she walks out into the hallway and Chloe's screaming, go with your Bentley that no one can afford. No one wants your Bentley. Like literally like that. And Rob leaves. He kind of chases after Kim. Kim's crying. She's like, I just want to go. And Chloe goes, look, she's crying now. You hear her crying? Like we care. I don't give a fuck. She hurt my feelings so badly. And in his confessional, Rob says, everyone's picking on her. Chloe and Courtney are being really mean. And Courtney in her confessional says, Kim is taking the situation way too far. We don't get physical with each other and there's no need to get physical about this, which if I was some sort of video editor, I obviously would immediately like do a um, record scratch, freeze frame, and then like cut to the current fight. I mean, the most recent fight. (laughs) You mean if you were a time traveler and you were able to get that footage and then bring it back? No, like if I was doing, if I was doing some sort of a YouTube video recapping this episode, I obviously would put that clip in. You know what? You should make that. Should we get Luke on it? Yes. Just for our own <laughs> yeah. benefit. Just because I want to see yeah. it. I want to see it, how it would play out in both of our minds in real life. Yeah. Luke is um, our amazing editor that did our IGTV series, which by the way, we like really never promote that much. So if you guys go to our IGTV, we have like three to seven minute videos from highlights of our podcast and they're edited. So it has subtitles and, you know, just fun little things in it. We have like Justin Long, Kristen Cavallari, total side note, but I actually think you would really enjoy it. Okay. So do you like when I slip in a little promo, Julie? I do like it. I mean, I get proud of you when you do that. (laughs) We are the worst at promoting. So Rob, you know, is running after her and Kim in her confessional says, I'm not going to take them all ganging up on me and being mean. Over what? Over the fact that I bought a new car? I wish I punched her harder. Chloe's like, I hate her. Rob's like, what are you saying? She's your sister. Chloe says, my sister just hit me. So Chris calls because clearly Kim had called her and she goes, Chloe, what's wrong with you? Chloe's like, a lot. Chris says, why are you being so mean and vicious? It's like you're in a playground. Chloe says, Chris, you weren't there. And you know what? Just because she gives you 10%, you're going to kiss her ass. Chris says, you're supposed to be loving and supportive of one another. This has gone on a little too far and I'm done. Courtney says, you weren't there and we're just venting. Chloe says, and you definitely like Kim more. And in her confessional, Chloe says, just because I don't show emotion easily or as easy as Kim does, my feelings are still hurt. And why are you picking anybody's side? This has nothing to do with you in regards to Chris. Okay. Can we talk about that? Let's talk about it. You go first. Well, I just want to say the 10% line because we've spoken about this, I think, a lot throughout the season and season one of the fact of like Chris's relationship with the girls was so different then than it is now from an equality perspective, meaning not that Kim was her favorite, but her business relationship with Kim was just so significantly more evolved than the rest of them. And I think for the first time, this was the only part of the episode where I saw, and I could be wrong, just my interpretation, where I saw a hint of jealousy from Chloe. Like, I agree. I don't think Chloe was jealous of the Bentley. I don't think she needed a $220,000 car. But I think for a second, she was feeling like Chris was favoring Kim because as Chloe has mentioned in the most recent episode, she wants to be doing more of what Kim is doing. And so I think Chloe was simultaneously feeling creatively frustrated. This was bringing that to its full kind of surface because the only reason Kim was able to buy this, not that Chloe wants it, is because of the success she's had in her career. And then on top of that, Chris taking Kim's side almost blindly, I think was like a vicious combination for Chloe. You could think I'm looking too much into it, but that was my initial thought. No, I don't think you're looking too much into it. I just think that Chris taking Kim's side is always going to be a catch-22 because they already think that 
she th- that she favors Kim. So anytime Chris gets involved and takes Kim's side, it they're going to take that as only face value and not actually think that they're wrong because of course Chris is going to take Kim's side. So there's no way for Chris to really get involved and take Kim's side without it seeming like she's doing it because Kim's quote the favorite child. But in this situation also Chris probably should have called Chloe and gone her side before saying like what's wrong with you. Yeah. I think in the heat of the moment though, because also if you're looking at this like really black and white, you know nothing about it. Like let's say you've never seen the Kardashians before, right? And you know nothing and you're watching this. You're like, wait, didn't this one sister just beat the shit out? Not really beat the shit out of, but like beat out this other sister. And now the mom is taking the, the like physical one side. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, mom's taking sides gets messy. It does get messy. I mean, not that I can speak from personal experience, as an only child, but I have seen it firsthand and I'm sure you know. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I also okay. have to say that going back to the fight in the parking lot for just one second, I know that the point that I brought up earlier was like, Chloe easily could have said like, do you mind if we just go to Rob's or do you mind if someone stays with you? But I do think that them getting in the car and leaving him in a parking lot at nighttime alone was a very wrong move. Like, I don't care how mad you are. You wait until she's safely in a car and then you leave. I just think it was wrong. Especially if you think so, like, realistically, it was going to be fine. There was a film crew there. She, they were in an area of California that they know. That's not the thing. But if you really think so poorly of this man, why are you going to leave Kim alone with him? Like, right. I don't know. Petty, but just I agree. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Next scene, we're switching gears for a second. And honestly, it's needed. This was getting way too intense. I felt like there needed to be a therapy session in the middle of this. So I was thrilled for this kind of lighthearted escape we were about to get. You? Yes. So Chris is out to dinner with her friend, Ellen Kay. And at the time, Ellen was Ryan Seacrest's radio co-host. Just a little bit of background, because I totally forgot she existed, to be honest. She was his co-host since 2004 on Kiss FM. And since then she's left, but she's also been the voice of the Grammy Awards, People's Choice Awards, the 88th Academy Awards. And she got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for her work in radio in 2012. So in, not that we knew her well, but in the world of radio, she was 
prestigious and well-known, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. So, and, and by the way, like there's also the, uh, not break, not breaking the fourth wall. That's not the word I'm looking for, but there's like the other side of it, which is Ryan Seacrest is an executive producer on the show. So I always just think it's funny the mention of his name or like when he, when he comes on the show, when we all know that he's also producing it. I don't know. I know it's like random, but I just like those little connections. No, I know what you mean. So Chris is saying, you know, everything going on with Kim and Chloe, it's really stressing me out and I need a night out. So they go out, they go drinking, they're taking shots, they're laughing. And in her confessional, Chris says, it's been a while since I've been out for a drink with a girlfriend. So I get a little crazy and a little out of control and I do something really silly. Done, done, done. Flash to Shamrock Tattoo Parlor. Yes, this was the same fucking episode because how could we get so lucky? I just need to know. How, right? How? I, I had, abs- if you said to me right before you said, Emma, $100,000 on the line was Chris's tattoo in the same episode as Kim's fight. I would have said, absolutely not. They would never put two of the best moments in one episode. And I would have been, I would have lost out on a hundred grand. You would have, you would, I would have too. No shot. I totally would have. Yeah. Um, okay. So now Chris is saying, you know, Ellen says she's always wanted to get a tattoo of her son's name somewhere. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm so in love with this idea. But my problem is I have like 32 children. So how do you put everybody's name on your body? You don't. And you know what? I'm not so happy with the older kids right now. So Kendall and Kylie get their names and Courtney and Kim and Chloe don't. By the way, like fuck Rob, I guess. <laughs> Literally fuck Rob. Like if I was Rob, all of my issues would have started in that one moment. I know. I was wondering if maybe she said that because it would she felt like it would have been weird to get a son's tattoo, but no, I genuinely think she just slipped up. Yeah, I think so too. Like she just wasn't thinking. Yeah. Also, Rob so, would have been the obvious answer. Right. He was completely what removed from the drama. It's like, he's yes. my only son. He would have gotten a tattoo. Why Kendall and Kylie? I think Rob was, I think that was the mistake. I completely agree. So they are drunk. And like I said earlier, this wasn't bullshit. I genuinely think Chris Jenner was not blackout drunk, but like pretty fucked up at this random Shamrock tattoo parlor. And they're lying together. Yeah, yeah. They're lying together on the table. Ellen's getting her tattoo. And Chris says, I shouldn't necessarily be having tattoos done at this age, but you know what? I love it. The girls will love it. That's all that matters. And so she gets... Kendall and Kylie's name kind of like on her lower back, like where they would call it a tramp stamp with the cross in between them. Unclear whether or not the cross already existed. I think that the cross was already there and she just added the Kendall and Kylie. I like can't tell you that with hundred percent confirmation. I really didn't look into it, but I felt like it looked like the Kendall and Kylie were fresh ink and the cross in the middle she had always had. I think so too. Right. Yeah, I do think so. When we first said, I was like, no, I think that it it was all together, but I, I don't think that's the case. Also, because I'm pretty sure when they were drawing the tattoo, they only sketched out Kendall and Kylie and not the cross on paper. Right. It's funny though. She's <laughs> she's talking to the tattoo guy. Keep in mind, like you're just some random guy working in this tattoo parlor. The last thing you're expecting are these Calabasas women, Calabasas women drunk coming in wanting to get their kids' names tattooed with an entire film crew. Like, yes, of course, the filming had to be pre approved, but I don't think they expected this world. And Chris is just asking the guy, he's tatted fully. And she's like, What do you think? My arm or maybe on my butt? And he's like, You know, I'd go with the butt. 
<laughs> I thought it was, I thought, I always think, you know, the butt over the arm. If she was trying to like keep it a little concealed, then yeah, absolutely the butt. And if she already had one there, no brainer. Yeah, and it gives her a little bit more control. She can flash it when she wants to. Yes. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the season changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. So next scene, Chloe comes into the house and Chris is showing off her tattoo and Chloe's rolling her eyes. And you can see Chris is kind of like buttering up Chloe and she's like, you look so cute. And Chloe goes, why are you being so nice to me all of a sudden? And Chris says, because you're fabulous. Chloe goes, you were mean to me earlier, so I don't really like you very much at the moment. Chris says, Chloe, I wasn't mean to you earlier. And Chloe goes, you heard Kimberly's side of the story and you just went and jumped on being on Kim's side and you're defending Kim and you're blaming it on me and saying that this was all my fault. And Chris is saying, you know, like, I don't like it as a mom of three when three of my children are up against one. If it was you against the other three, I would have felt the same way. Chloe says, even if you think I'm a liar and you don't believe anything I say, you're the mom. Don't admit that. Don't let us know whose side you're picking because it hurts other people's feelings. That's all I was saying. And Chris is kind of saying, I I really didn't mean to hurt your feelings. It was more so the fact that it didn't matter which one of you it was, whoever was the loner in the situation I would have sided with. And Caitlin enters with a helicopter because remember the other subplot of this episode that was much more like on the DL was that Caitlin is feeling, I think, like ripped of her fun hobbies 
maybe. I think we were gearing up for a midlife crisis. Yeah, that's what was happening. So Caitlin walks in and Chris is saying, Chloe's upset because I, she thinks I took Kim's size last night. And Caitlin says, I don't take anybody's side. Everybody just chill out. Everyone's at fault. <laughs> that's the most dad thing ever. Yeah, truly. Okay, next scene. I love this episode. I just want you to know that. Me too. I'm having the best time ever. This is my favorite one from seasons one and two that we've done, I think. Maybe besides a Courtney and Scott one. The Courtney and Scott in Vegas was my favorite, I think. Yeah, maybe that was number one. And also but another this one. This is like number two, yeah. Another one of my favorites that we've ever done from current seasons was when Chloe was screaming liar on the phone in Palm Springs. Oh, amazing moment. Amazing. Defining moment. Defining moment. I also want you all to know that September 18th at 3.01 a.m. is when our season 18 episode will be dropping. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to record it. Okay. So next scene, Chloe's in her confessional and she says, normally when we fight, it's over in a couple of minutes, but this fight was just a little bit more intense than most fights. So we all decide to go meet at the coffee shop and just kind of talk all things out. So Chloe and Courtney drive together and Kim pulls up in the Bentley, which like it was kind of the the running joke of this entire episode that she is being transported through the fights, like to each fight in the very thing that the entire fight centered around, you know? Right, exactly. I felt like like it was such a power move. It was a power move. So they're sitting down at this coffee shop and Kim's on her phone on her sidekick with her French manicure, which I have not seen Kim in a French manicure like that in a long time. Yeah, I I haven't seen anybody in a French manicure in a long time. So Chloe's saying, you know, get off your phone, tell me how you feel. And Kim says, I feel that, yes, it's so annoying that my car was late, that it wasn't ready. He told me it was going to be ready. However, you both embarrassed me and were so rude to me when it's a business deal and I did not pay whatever I paid for that car to not leave without it. And Chloe was, you know, you know, like none of us said to leave. Courtney says, I think we were wrong for saying that in front of him. However, that guy was wrong. How he talked down to me. That was not okay with me and it shouldn't be okay with you. And Kim saying he really helped me out getting a car like that. It's really expensive. It's a lot of work. And he really helped me out. So she basically was kind of saying like, that was not going to be that one little fight in the parking lot that you had with him was not going to be what tarnished my entire relationship with him after he jumped through hoops to get me this car, basically, right? Right. And gave her a deal on it. Yeah. So in her confessional, Kim says, I'm not budging because I didn't do anything wrong. I don't see it. I never will see it. And this is pointless. And Chloe says, I don't even care. You're right in your mind. You're never going to be wrong because you've never bent. You never apologize. Courtney says, I can't let it bother me anymore. I'm in a different place. By the way, that is the most Courtney line. Oh my God. That was when Courtney's current personality emerged for the first time. Like it came out swinging. It came out like that was foreshadowing almost. If I had to point to the exact moment that Courtney became Courtney, I would point to that one line. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the saying I'm in a different place was the precursor to it's just not my vibe. Yeah. I have to say different place kind of hits a little bit stronger than not my vibe, but whatever you want court. I agree. I think it gives her a little more credibility. Okay. So Kim says to them, I feel the same way. I need to let you guys out of my life a little bit and go live my own life. I don't want to work as closely. And I just think I need to separate myself. And in her confessional, Kim is saying, maybe we work too much together. We play together. We do everything together. And I think that maybe I need to step back and do some things on my own. I just think maybe in the long run, it'll be better for us. 
So you can tell that Chloe is visibly upset. Like, I do not think that that's how she was anticipating this happening. So Chloe in her confessional says, this conversation is just not going any which way I thought it was going to go. The conversation starts turning into something so petty and so about business, like fuck business. This is about us as a family. And she kind of just gets up and leaves and she says, this is not how we were raised. So Courtney is now sitting at the table with Kim and she says to her, Kim, you don't have a sense of loyalty and it shocks me. So Chloe walks out, she's going to her car. Kim and Courtney are sitting there talking and Courtney's saying, you know, I said where I thought that I was wrong and I can't understand how you can't do the same. And Kim's like, but I don't think that I was wrong. And Courtney says, you don't think you were wrong at all? And Kim says, by getting my Bentley, which that was kind of a line where it was like, you're you're missing the point here. Right. Like never once did they ever say that you were wrong because of the actual Bentley. Like don't turn it into the jealousy thing because that's not what's happening here. Well, that's the thing. Kim's wrong in two circumstances here because A, that, first of all, you know that's not what it's about. Like they've they've told you a million times that had nothing to do with that. It was about the way that they were spoken to and you not defending them. So like, if you're not understanding that, you're just choosing not to listen to what they're saying. So you're wrong there. And I also think that she's very wrong for that line she threw at them saying that she thinks they shouldn't work as closely because it wasn't even about them not getting along. Like that line was very much insinuating that she didn't trust them enough in the way they act in order to be in business with her as closely as she is, which was ridiculous. Like, yeah, they screwed up in this one situation with the way they acted in a business deal. That's That doesn't go to their character and how they do business in general. Right. I totally agree with you. Everybody has bad days. So Courtney says back to her after she says, I was wrong for getting my Bentley. Courtney says, if you think that's what we're mad at, you're completely wrong. And Kim says, tell me where I'm wrong. And Courtney says, figure it out for yourself. And in her confessional, Courtney is saying, our conversation's over and I don't feel like it went anywhere because Kim can't admit anything that she's done wrong. So Courtney walks out of the coffee shop. Kim is now sitting at the table alone and Chloe is in her car and Chloe's hysterically crying. And again, I really truly do not think this was fake. Like I think these were real tears. And Courtney asks her why she's upset. And Chloe says, this conversation was supposed to make us stronger, not more distant from each other. And I don't want us to change our love and our relationship with each other. We had a fight. Let's get over it. And this was interesting, which I want to talk about in a second. I want to get through the rest of the scene, but I want to come back to this. In her confessional, Courtney is saying that Chloe's definitely the most sensitive out of all of them, but she just doesn't act like it. And Chloe is kind of saying to Courtney that she doesn't like how Kim was saying about them not working together. And Courtney's trying to calm her down. She's like, no, you know, she doesn't mean it. She's just saying it to piss you off. And Chloe says powerfully, it doesn't piss me off. It makes me sad because dad would never let any of this happen. And this is not what we're supposed to be doing. And I felt like Courtney was being um, more like compassionate than you sometimes see her nowadays. And she says, I'm trying, you know, we're trying to help Kim, but if she doesn't want help, then what are we supposed to do? If she wants to listen, it's her decision. But the only thing that you can do is to say something, which is kind of what you did. Okay, right. let's let's discuss first. Yes. Do you want to go uh, first? Well, I just want to say, and I, I think you'll have a similar thought because I want to hear what you have to say. I felt like this, I was proud of Chloe for mentioning her dad because I, it was clear to me that that was what was going through her head the whole time. Like, she felt almost like this is not who our father raised us to be. So we need to get our shit together. But for her to actually say it, especially because Chloe historically has had such a hard time openly grieving her dad or even openly kind of talking about the 
impact that his loss has on their lives current day. And she's been open about that. Like, it's just really hard for her. So for her to say that in the heat of the moment, I thought was like a very impressively emotive way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I agree with you. I, I think definitely. Also, what happens with Chloe and the reason that, not say what happens with Chloe. I think this is a very, the Chloe we know now is very different in terms of her way of explaining herself and a way of showing emotions in a situation like this. But past Chloe, what she would do, which doesn't help her case, is in the moment that she was fighting with Kim, she was upset. And instead of being upset and expressing that she was sad about the situation, she gets quickly on the offensive and starts spewing whatever comes to mind. Instead of taking a second to be like, I'm really upset and this is what I'm upset about, she projects just anger and hatred. So when you're looking at the situation and you're trying to figure out who you're sympathizing with, you have Kim crying and Chloe calling her names. So you're like, oh, Kim is really the sensitive one. I feel bad for Kim in this situation. When in reality, it's not the case. Chloe just doesn't know how to get that point across until she's at her breaking point. Yes. And that's why I was happy. Yes, yes, yes. Agree. And that's why I was happy that Courtney said, Chloe's the sensitive, most sensitive out of all of us, but she just doesn't act like it. And the reason that like watching this now, we know that, like you said, this is something that we have seen of Chloe for a very long time. But when you're watching this for the first time, it was important that Courtney said that to kind of give context to the audience. Because you, if you're not someone who's naturally in touch with people's emotions and it's hard to kind of understand what's going on, you wouldn't think that, like you said. So I thought that it was important that Chloe gave that context to everybody watching. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think what this shows looking back on it, you know, in hindsight is it is such a stark comparison between the dynamic of the three of them then versus now. And I know we say that all the time, but this exact situation you know, details changed and situation changed is exactly what you see now, except it's Kim and Chloe against Courtney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, and I don't know. I don't want to, I don't even want to try to hypothesize as to this because I think it'll be really fun as we continue to watch these seasons. But watching that, like the gradual kind of evolution of the shift in dynamic I want to examine that more as we get closer to it because right now throughout this entire first two seasons, it's always been Chloe and Courtney and Kim's kind of the other one, even when they're not fighting. And so we need, it's like, it's very important for us to pinpoint what happened that contributed to that shift. What were the catalysts? Right. And we'll definitely get there as we keep watching. Also, that's just the nature of a dynamic of three in any group. You always will have one person that's, and it, and it obviously changes that one person, but if there's a situation going on, one person will always be the one left out. Right. Completely agree. So next scene, Kim is on the phone with Chris and she's saying she's really upset. Courtney and Chloe are so mean. And in her confessional, Chris is saying, I really have not heard my kids fight like this since they were toddlers. This whole thing is ridiculous. They need to grow up. So they're back at the house and Caitlin is in the master bedroom and Caitlin is looking in the mirror trying to see if she, well, I should say, you can't really tell exactly what she's doing, but she's moving her face up and down, kind of looking at her, the lines on her forehead, the lines on her eyebrows. It looked like she was deciding whether or not she needed to go for more Botox. That's like what, I think anybody doing that face in the mirror, that's what they're looking at, right? Yeah, definitely. 
I thought that was very clear. Also, that's what really leads it up to be the whole midlife crisis plot line. Yeah. And Caitlin has been transparent for all the seasons about like getting little work done like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Chloe comes into see Chris because Chris is in the room while Caitlin's in the bathroom. And Chloe says, I really don't get this. It's been a couple of days. Kim hasn't called and apologized. And Chris is saying to her, you know, maybe she feels like you owe her one. Chloe says, too bad. And Chris goes, well, no, not too bad. You know what, Chloe? Bye-bye. I don't want to listen to it anymore. I'm done being the mediator. So Chloe walks out and Chris walks into the bathroom where Caitlin is examining her hair and her face. And Chris says, why do we have so many children? Caitlin goes, it was all your idea. (laughs) And Caitlin's still looking in the mirror and she goes, hey, honey, what do you think? Should I go with bangs or no bangs? Back in the 70s, I wore bangs. Which again, like Julie said, and like you wrote in the note, this was setting the plot line of Caitlin about to enter this midlife crisis, wanting to look younger, really just, I think, desperately holding on to her youth, which we saw in the beginning scenes with Bert and Brandon, and we're seeing now just from an appearance perspective. Right. So Chris and Caitlin are kind of discussing the fight, and Caitlin's saying, well, listen, maybe this whole fight wouldn't exist if they didn't even have a Bentley, which is, tell me that's not the most classic Caitlin Jenner line you've ever heard. It was also the dumbest point ever. Like, what are you going to do? Take her car away? Right. And so that's what Chris says. Chris like, honey, they are 27. Like when, when was the last time you could tell a 27 year old what to do and they would listen? Which yeah, Kim has worked so fucking hard. And Chris knows this because she's the one that's been helping her get these gigs. She just paid $220,000 for a car. Like that is not the easy solution. You're like, yeah, just take it away. What the fuck? Also, for Caitlin, who spent the entire fucking episode talking about how much she loves her toys and how many things she used to have and playing with the helicopters and the cars, for her to then take the position of Kim shouldn't have a Bentley was the most hypocritical thing ever. Mm-hmm. It was. Absolutely was. But that's a little bit, that is where, and I know if you're listening, you're like, okay, you're looking too much into it. I don't. That is where you'll see these little kind of pinches of Caitlin's condescending ways because she thinks that because she has such an appreciation for cars and for these things and that she appreciates them from a level that isn't just luxury, but because of their actual mechanics. Whereas realistically, Kim Kardashian, and she would be the first one to admit it, she's not buying a Bentley because she's been examining the mechanics. It's because she likes the luxurious element of it, which is totally fine. But I think for Caitlin, her justification would be, well, I know what makes a Bentley different. I know from a mechanical element. Whereas like Kim's just this, you know, young girl who made a lot of money and now wants one. Like she didn't say it, but read between the lines. That's exactly what she's saying here. Thousand percent. Yes. Don't you think? And I fucking hate when people do that. It's, it's comes across to me as very condescending. Well, it's also like very patriarch patriarchal in the sense that like, it it basically insinuates that a woman would only want a car for the aesthetics of the car, not because they care about the actual car. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So, Caitlin makes the brilliant and genius suggestion, which we are all so thankful that she said, of doing what they do when, or what they used to do when they were kids, and let's just all go skiing. And Chris says, is this about the girls or is this about you? And Caitlin says, good question. So of course, they agree with Caitlin's suggestion and they decide to go to Breckenridge. So Chloe in her confessional is saying she's thrilled about going on the vacation, but she doesn't want to sit next to Kim. She doesn't want to sleep next to Kim, eat next to Kim. They are still feuding. So it's very important to remember they're going into this ne- this trip with zero resolve. Things are as bad, if not worse, than they were a couple of days ago. Right. So Kim's like, you can tell Kim's just uncomfortable. And Chris is saying, 
to Chloe, you know, please be a little bit more sensitive. And Chloe says, I'd rather keep my distance than have another argument with her. Okay. Last scene. We're at LAX and Kim's talking to Rob saying, I don't even want to go on the trip. I'm not talking to them. They're so mean to me. And Rob honestly agrees with Kim because I think Rob wasn't there again at the dealership. So he only witnessed what happened in his apartment. And I think he felt like Chloe and Courtney were really being mean to her. And I think he felt a sense of kind of brother protectiveness over her. Definitely. I think that was Rob's role in the whole show, in the whole, you know, episode. Because I think also not that he was there for the point when Chloe brings up their dad, but I think that Rob obviously felt that responsibility throughout. Totally. So Chris is saying to Courtney, you guys have to get like cut this tension. It's too much. And Courtney says, there's no tension. Chris says, yes, there is. And Courtney says, no, we're just not talking to Kim. That's not tension. We're just not talking to her. It's fine. Chris is like, it is not fine. And in her confessional, Courtney says, my mom thinks that she can still try and make us kiss up, kiss and make up when she wants us to, but that's not how we feel. And then in her confessional, Kim says, I don't think it's fair that I'm forced to go on this trip. I don't feel like being with them. I don't feel like talking to them. I don't feel like spending time with them. I don't feel like laughing, skiing, and snowboarding with them. I think we need time apart. And then there's the dramatic to be continued. I love a dramatic to be continued. I cannot believe that this episode, number one, includes Chris's tattoo. Number two, leads us right into Breckenridge. I cannot wait. I can't wait for next week. I'm so excited. If you're listening to this, I think a lot of people would think like, why didn't you guys just watch the season all at once? It's so much more fun to do it like this. Like we really haven't watched the Reckoner episode yet. It's so much more fun to watch it the hour before we record, like get it all. You know what I mean? Just like to have that energy coming off of it. And also there's so many small details that you just forget about. Oh my God. It's got to be fresh. It's got to be fresh when you do a recap. So agree. So agree. Okay. Anything else that you want to add? No, I, I... I love this fucking episode so much. My closing statement would be that Rob Kardashian is the MVP of this episode. Rob Kardashian is the MVP of like the first seven seasons. Yeah. Amen. Honestly, justice for Rob. I, I feel that way all the time. Can you, I cannot believe Chris didn't name him. (laughs) She was listing her tattoo potentials. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm getting a Rob (laughs) tattoo. Honestly, you would. I, I like would think about it. I know. Okay. I think that is all you guys. We love you. Thank you for listening. Just thank you for everything. Again, if you have something nice to say, please, please, please five stars and review. It really helps us and I can't appreciate it. And also just like, honestly makes us happy because I feel like we've recently just felt not pressure with the podcast, but I feel like we're holding ourselves to the standard because of how much we've been re-listening to the episodes. So like to get positive reinforcement after we are so hypercritical, just genuinely feels good. And so for everybody that's done that, thank you. We are so lucky to do this and we love you guys so much. We will see you, Isba and I will see you tomorrow for our Bravo episode. And Julie and I will be back on Monday. Love you.